Nasreen, got milk? I do. Thankfully, my milk is more recent than the 90s commercial you're referencing, but it still comes in a carton. Well, I hope you've got a recycling bin to put that carton into once all the milk is gone. I do, but I didn't think you could recycle milk cartons. Think again. As we're about to find out, cartons are entirely recyclable. So this is episode 14, Cartons. Think outside the box and into the recycling bin. Man, I think it's been so long since we've talked about an actual material. I know. Although, to be fair, this episode we'll be talking about multiple materials. What do you mean? I thought it was just on cartons. It is, but cartons are made of many materials. Nishreen, what kind of stuff do you buy in cartons? Hmm, juice boxes, milk, soup, stock, sometimes even tofu. And what do all of these things have in common? Squares. Um, I'm pretty sure only tofu is square. The rest are definitely shapeless liquids. Well, they fit the shape of their container, a.k.a. squares. Okay, um, in any case, cartons are made mostly out of paper. Isn't it odd that we store these liquid things in paper? It is pretty strange, but it actually goes back a long way. One of the first records of using paper to hold a liquid in the U.S. goes back to 1906, when G.W. Maxwell used paraffin wax to make paper moisture-proof. The problem with this was that it was hard to make a liquid-tight bond at the joints. Sounds leaky. Thankfully, a few years later, in 1915, a guy named John Van Wormer was granted a patent for a paper bottle, which resembles the cartons that we use today. This product was called PurePack. Yep, and the key feature was that the bottle was actually a box that would be folded, glued, and filled at the dairy. And boy, was it pure and packable. The cute... <laughs> what do you mean? Because it's folded and packable. Oh, okay, I get it. Well, Pure Pack's unique selling point was the fact that the packages were delivered flat, thus saving storage and transport costs. That sounds way cheaper and less breakable. Move over, glass bottles. Get it? Like a cow? I get it. (laughs) Once filled, they also weighed considerably less than the glass bottles of milk. And, after a steel shortage for cans during World War I, the use of paper containers greatly increased. War. What is it good for? Apparently switching to paper products. The technology around making cartons kept improving and changing over the years after that to eventually what we have now. Including the ability to store milk in not a fridge. That's true. Milk cartons and juice boxes can be stored at room temperature. Cartons are amazing. They certainly are. But the only way this is possible is with multiple layers of materials put together to make the carton. What kind of materials? Typically, cartons are about 75% paperboard, 4% aluminum, and 21% plastic. Ooh, interesting. I always thought they were made of paper coated in wax, like Maxwell, like Maxwell did before. That's actually a common misconception that we'll address a little bit later on. Okay, so tell me about these different carton materials. Well, 
There's the main box made of paperboard. The aluminum is for light odor and oxygen protection. And polyethylene, or plastic, is for protecting the paper from liquid. Are they just mixed together into one packaging material? No, the cartons actually have many layers, so it's usually the paperboard that's coated with these other materials. That makes sense. When I hold a carton, it feels smooth. I'm assuming that's the polyethylene? Yes, the outermost layer is polyethylene, like what your plastic bags are made of. This protects the paperboard from outside liquids like rain or ice or even just fridge moisture. I do like putting my juice boxes in the fridge before drinking them. After the polyethylene, it's the paper layer. Below that is usually an additional adhesive layer, usually also made of polyethylene, and then an aluminum layer. Is that just like sticking foil onto paperboard? Are you just using fancy words? That's pretty much exactly what it is. The foil protects the juice or milk from getting oxidized and prevents spoiling. So this is the layer that makes stuff shelf-stable and makes it so that it doesn't need to be stored in the fridge. Exactly. And then finally, there's another polyethylene layer that provides liquid barrier properties and makes sure that the juice isn't soaking the box from the inside. That makes sense. But what about the cartons that are stored in the fridge? Are they the same? These have the polyethylene layers and the paperboard, but don't need the aluminum layer as much. So there's no foil in the fridge boxes. We'll put a picture of this on our website so you all can see. Okay, but with all these different layers, isn't that kind of hard to recycle? Wouldn't it be difficult to separate everything out? You'd think so, but actually cartons are entirely recyclable. How though? Say I put my carton in my curbside recycling bin, what happens then? Actually, double check with your local municipality website whether you can put cartons into the curbside bin or not. There's also a handy tool on the Carton Council website, whose link can be found on our website, where you can put your zip code in to see if cartons will be picked up. If not, you can always mail them in, and the information for that is also on our website. Okay, well, once the carton gets collected, then what? Then all the cartons get compressed into large bales. These bales are then taken to a facility where the bales are put into a pulper. Is this because the original orange juice had pulp in it? I don't like pulp. I think even the pulp-free orange juice cartons get pulped. How ironic. Anyway, water is added to the pulper, which helps the paper turn into mush that can be separated out from the plastic and aluminum. The aluminum gets recycled into normal metal things like car parts. Then the paper gets recycled back into toilet paper, egg cartons, or cardboard, and the plastic can be converted into pellets that can later be extruded into other plastic parts. Sometimes the aluminum can't be separated from the plastic. This combination is called polyalu, which is short for polymer and aluminum. How original, right? Mm-hmm. What can you make with this stuff? Usually stuff like furniture, roof boards, cement. Can you recycle all of these materials into one thing? Yeah, some recycling facilities actually just chop up the entire carton, cap and all, and turn it into a composite material. Whoa, that stuff must have some cool properties. What can it be used for? It can be turned into stuff like ceiling tiles. 
That makes sense. The different components mushed together would be pretty strong, and cartons are inherently moisture and mold resistant, just like you want your ceiling to be. I do like my ceilings better when they're not wet and not moldy. Alright, let's put a cap on this discussion for now. So, why doesn't everyone recycle cartons? Well, typically there's some misconceptions that stop people from putting them in the recycling bin. One of the big ones is that the carton is coated in wax and wax is not recyclable. That's true. The wax will cause the pulp to be contaminated and the water and wax don't mix, so water can't get into the paper to make it into a mushy slurry. That makes sense. And since cartons are actually coated with polyethylene, which is a plastic, and not wax, this isn't a problem. People also just think that because of all the different layers, cartons can't be recycled. But since these layers can be separated from the paperboard fibers, cartons actually can be turned back into new products. It's also a newer item to get recycled. Glass and aluminum have been recycled for decades, as we've discussed in previous episodes. Carton recycling, though, is pretty new. That's right, and only around five paper mills in North America accept cartons. That means that most people still don't know a lot about it. There are some organizations that are trying to make carton recycling more prevalent. One is Carton Council, which started in 2009 and is a nonprofit trying to educate people about recycling cartons. They also work with local municipalities and facilities to connect carton collectors to the actual recycling plants. Often when people put cartons into a recycling bin, they'll have to get sorted out and taken to one of the five recycling mills. Usually, a company won't transport the material to a mill unless a certain amount has been collected because it's not financially feasible otherwise. A company that collects cartons would have to find space to set aside the material until enough cartons have been collected to make it worth reselling. This is why many municipalities actually won't collect cartons. In fact, the state of Massachusetts used to collect cartons, but stopped doing it in 2017 because of this reason. They would have to store cartons for a long time before enough of them were collected to be able to sell to a mill. That's a lot of space that Massachusetts probably doesn't have. To be fair, even Rhode Island, which is smaller, collects cartons, and they've got much less space. Get it together, Bostonians. In Maine, they're apparently called mass holes. I bet Maine recycles their cartons. They do! Carton Council also tries to make it easy for more mills to recycle cartons in other places. One really cool thing they did was help fund a robot that can identify the properties of a material and specifically pick out cartons out of a waste stream. That's great! Since cartons need to be recycled separately, a robot sorter makes perfect sense. This is how they're going to take over the world, one carton at a time. Interesting. Well, if they're taking over the world and making everyone recycle, I'm here for it. I'm pretty sure that's Carton Council's hope as well. Since they started in 2009, they've increased household access to recycling from 6 to 61%. That's a huge increase. How do they do this? They collaborated with the paper industry to get more mills to recycle cartons. They also worked with local governments to make collection of cartons a lot easier. 
We actually got someone from Carton Council to come tell us more, so we'll be sharing our interview with Chris Carr in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. I'll definitely be there. Actually, I'm pretty sure you already were there. So, Manali, what are our takeaways? Basically, that cartons are super recyclable. Yep, great. We can be done now. Oh, but but I also learned more things. Oh, okay, sure. What what else did you learn? I learned that in the last 10 years, carton recycling and technologies around sorting and recycling have been greatly improving and increasing. That's right, thanks to organizations like Carton Council and the companies that support it. Who are some of these companies? Give a shout out. Tetra Pak, Everboard, Allopack, etc. That's great. Yay, technology. But what can our listeners do? Recycle. Throw your cartons into the recycling bin or send them to somewhere that will collect them and recycle them. Also, make sure to look up whether cartons can be recycled in your area or not. There are handy websites for this such thing, such as cartoncouncil.com. And if cartons can't be recycled in your area, you can mail your cartons to Carton Council. Information for this can be found on our website. I love getting mail. I bet they do as well. So really, you're just making other people happy by sending them your trash. You can also tell your local municipality that you want them to start a carton recycling program. And tell all your friends and family and neighbors who may or may not be your friends and family, but that's okay. Tell them anyway. And also join us next time when we go back to the future for our interview with Chris Carr from Carton Council. This episode was written and edited by Manali Banerjee and Nisreen Khan. Music is by Shang Young. You can send any questions and comments to talkgreentomepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TGTM Podcast.